It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Side Hustlers podcast. I'm your host from iHeartRadio, Carla Marie. Each week, I talk to someone new who is following a passion outside of their day job. It's been really cool. I've been doing this for over two years, and it's become my own side hustle because I host the Carla Marie and Anthony show on 106.1 Kiss FM in Seattle. You can listen to it anywhere live on our iHeartRadio app, or you can catch the replay, the on-demand version, wherever you listen to podcasts. This week's guest is Samantha. Her day job is working for a screen printing t-shirt company, and her side hustle is her very own company called SW Designs, where Samantha actually hand makes embroidered t-shirts. Now she gets the t-shirt and then she goes in and embroiders sewing and stitching by hand, cool sayings, words, and not only t-shirts, she expands to hats, fanny packs, all kinds of things. And yes, she does custom work. This is Samantha's story. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get off your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo, it's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. So joining me from, are you still in Ohio, Samantha? I am not in Ohio. I'm in go? Brooklyn, Wait, Brooklyn, New York. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. So when we'll get into that, but when Samantha and I first got connected, you were living in Ohio and now you're living in New York, which is like my old stomping ground. So I can't wait to hear how that transition went for you. <laughs> but 
Talk a little bit about your company, which is SW Designs. And I know you've got the best pitch to explain what your side hustle is. So I'm going to leave that part up to you. SW Designs is hand embroidered apparel and accessories. So it started off t-shirts. I've done fanny packs, hats, custom orders are wonderful. So it's kind of branched out from just t-shirts and sweatshirts. Everything is hand embroidered. I started embroidering in college. I went to fashion school. So part of my classes were doing mini collections and I started embroidering samples and incorporating them into my collections. And when I graduated, I wanted to like keep designing, but something I could just basically do from my house, something I didn't need a ton of resources. And I didn't have the resources to print graphic tees. So I was like, I'm going to embroider them. Yeah, I guess it's way less. Re- like You don't need that giant machine to do what you're doing. You can just use. Is it just a needle and thread or are you using like a sewing machine? It's just a needle and thread. Get it's a hoop. Here. Yeah. I don't know if that was a good idea or not. But here we are. No, yeah, it's all hand stitch. So I'm on your website. It's SWDSGNS.com. So if any and I'm also if you're listening right now and you're like, what did you just say? It is in the description of this podcast. So you can just click on it and get over there. Super easy. But some of the, the stuff you have is very intricate. Like the your gold tea that like that writing is so like neat and it's script. So that is your hand. You are doing that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So this t-shirt specifically, how long does it take you to then stitch out? Am I saying it would be or embroider? I guess you either one. You are gold baby. That's a new one. So I haven't done it a ton of times. That one is probably like 30 minutes of just of the stitching. Yeah. It's not, I'm not like free hand stitching. Okay. Everything is drawn and traced. And then I put it on the hoop. And that's kind of how I get that. I've had people ask me that where they're like, you just like from your head do that. I was like, absolutely not. Yeah, but that's (laughs) still still very intricate. It's a very almost like intimate type of thing to do. Like you're in there in that one shirt and someone is going to get that one shirt that you handmade. It's different than a lot of products that people buy. So what like you just said you took 30 minutes on one shirt. (laughs) What is your week like? Because you still have a day job. This is a full-blown side hustle right now. Yes. It looks different every week, to be honest. I have kind of resigned to doing as much or as little as I can. The first like year, I really drove myself crazy with like, I have to get so much done with my side hustle. Like I have to always be doing this. And I've kind of found a balance on that. There's only so many hours in the day, but I love doing it. So like, I don't mind spending most every evening after work (laughs) on it. So then what is your day job? So my day job is also making (laughs) t-shirts. I'm a graphic designer for a t-shirt company in Lakewood, Ohio that specializes in sorority and fraternity designs. That's cool. So it's very different than this. It's a whole different aesthetic. So I'm t-shirts 24-7. 24-7. Jeez. What school did you go to? I went to Kent State for fashion design. And you had the project where you talked about you did t-shirts in school. Was this like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to design t-shirts forever, no matter what kind. I want to do t-shirts. No, <laughs> I kind of fell backwards into this t-shirt life, to oh, be wow. honest. I've said so many times, like I think about it. And when I was like growing up and like worked in restaurants and like my uniform was a t-shirt, I hated it. I was like, I can't wait to not have to wear t-shirts. And I'm like, here I am. All I wear is t-shirts. But all everyone wears is t-shirts now. It's great though. It's crazy. So it's like full circle t-shirts. When I finished school, I knew I wanted to 
do something in fashion. Obviously, that's why I went, but I wasn't ready to like move out of Cleveland. So I was really just looking for like a full time job to not work at a restaurant anymore. And I actually applied for a job within the company that I work at now. And it was like a operating. Mm -hmm. It was some like just random job. And I found this company to their credit, they brought me in. They were like, you have design experience. Like, do you want to do graphic design? And I was like, I don't feel like I know anything about graphic (laughs) design, but if you'll let me do it, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so they really like taught me. I mean, I already had like basic Photoshop illustrator skills, but they really like taught me a bunch of stuff. And I've been there for three or four years. Have you learned things at your day job that has helped you with SW designs? For sure. Because I do design my designs for the embroidery Mm -hmm. on the computer. So like even having those like illustrator skills has really helped be able to develop like the design in my head into a traceable format. The orders that I used to work on at work at my full-time job Mm -hmm. were like all custom orders. So you're using all different apparel and it really got me familiar with like what different apparels were and what colors and where I could get them from. So I buy my t-shirts from like the same wholesaler that we use at work. So that kind of stuff has been like really interesting. And now I work on our company's e-commerce site. So even like little marketing website things, like it is like very similar to where I can take away a lot of different things. So you were working for this company in Ohio, then you moved to New York. So obviously you were remote, you're still working for them. So you were working from home before the rest of the world was forced to work from home. So what was that transition like for you? Because you're ahead of the game for most of us in that situation. Right. We were lucky enough, like our company has always had a pretty loose work from home policy. So I have been able to work from home a couple of days a week or however much I really want for a long time. So I was already pretty used to like that work environment. And then I moved and we were all set up that I was going to work remote. And yeah, I moved to New York the first week of March. So I was here for one week before the stay at home order went. No. So my transition to remote was not hard because everyone else was doing it too. I was like, I thought I was going to be the only one on the Zoom call. You're all at your houses too. So it's been pretty strange, but... I guess it was an easier transition for me. For sure. And be, but being in a, in a city, I guess it doesn't really matter if you're in a city you don't know because it's not like you can explore anyway right now. It's not like you're, right. there's not much you're missing out on. But why New York? Why the move? Me and my husband moved because he was starting a new job. And it was like, we've always wanted to come here yeah. anyway. So any any reason to get me here, really. So yeah, it's really weird timing that I'm here, but I'm not really right, here I know. because I can't do anything. Do you think that being in a new city will influence the design you have for SW Designs eventually when you can explore? I hope so. I love like finding reasons to make new designs. I don't have like a super strict, like I don't have like seasonal releases. If something like strikes me, I can have it up on the website cool. pretty quickly. Or at least experiment and make a sample or whatever. The other thing I really am like excited to do when life goes back to whatever (laughs) is like make new connections. I feel like the Cleveland market is so small and doing like something like the Cleveland flea, like you kind of meet everyone that's doing something similar to you. So to find new people to like collaborate with or whatever, it's just a whole new market to explore that I'm really excited about. Absolutely. And people listening right now, they're like, wait, I've heard of the Cleveland flea before. Why have I heard of a a market in Cleveland? That is because Emily from Art of Sucra, the cotton candy company, Emily has been amazing. Emily, 
was at the Cleveland Flea. She's been on this podcast. She spun Cotton Candy when I did my other podcast live in Cleveland. So she's been amazing in this process. Yeah, but Emily connected Samantha and I because you guys met at a market. So did you know Emily before that market? What is that market life like? I did not. Well, I'm trying to think of when I met Emily. I think the first time I met her, she reached out about doing custom shirts. And so I stitched shirts for her and her employees with her logo on it. And it was just the coolest thing. Like her custom orders are always so much fun. The Cleveland Flea is super unique. There's a ton of markets in Cleveland, but that is like the B that's the big one. And I used to shop at it before I had this business. So the first year I was in business, it felt like this like big someday if I could get in. And then the next year I did get in when I applied for the spring. So that was like, I did it for two full years, 2018 and 2019. Our market's a huge part of your business. They kind of became a pretty big part, like not totally on purpose. But nothing is at this point. Yeah. It's so, it's just so many eyeballs all at once. Like it's, there's, it's hard to beat. And a lot of people at markets, even myself, like I'll take someone's card or take a picture of what they have and always go back and buy a gift later. And sometimes it just helps. Like you said, eyeballs, you know, they may not be buying at that moment, but you're in front of people. They see and feel your product, which is great. And then when they do need something custom also, they may think of you. So I think markets are great. Everyone who's been on this podcast and has been to markets has raved about the market community. And I'm a big advocate Mm -hmm. for the market community when they aren't ripping off small businesses, because I know it's tough, like you said, to get into them and then pay for them. It's not always easy. But now, obviously, markets aren't really happening at the Mm -hmm. moment when we are recording this. So are you looking at different things you can now do for SW designs that maybe that won't be happening for a while and you're in a new city? Are you just like, "Ah, website is up and that's all that matters? A little bit of both. I definitely am always trying to find like new ways to get in front of new audiences. The Cleveland Flea, like I said, it was so my audience, like the customer base was just so perfect. And when I knew I was moving, I kind of had that thought of like, am I going to try to do markets this year? They're a lot of work. It's exhausting. And so part of like at the end of every one, you go, I don't want to do this again. And then in a week, you're like, I can't wait for the next one. Like, it's just it is what it is. And the Cleveland Flea actually announced that they are not doing any markets in 2020. So then I was like, well, that kind of made my decision for me. (laughs) So yeah, it has been a lot more of like, how do I up my like online presence as far as even if it's Instagram or like working with influencers or yeah. just different ways to, to find new audience members. Well, I think we might need some side hustlers custom gear. That would be <laughs> awesome. Well, I love you have, like you said, that you do just love making designs and making things based off of whatever you feel or whatever is happening in that moment. And you've got the stay home crew neck and it's the, the stay home sweatpants and it's the heart and two hearts and it says stay and home and the other one, which obviously you didn't have, I'm assuming in January. That's probably something new. Yeah, I actually designed that before all of this happened I swear I was like why did you do that I was you did (laughs) I know so yeah when I did launch it it was like middle of March and I was like well this is more appropriate than it's ever been I was like I can't believe it okay I just love I'm a homebody yeah well that's crazy to me because I was like oh that's awesome like look at her (laughs) being with the times right now but I mean hey it's still awesome I mean that's really cool I know you got the no bra club tea which everyone is preaching right now no bra that is quarantine inspired okay quarantine inspired (laughs) super cool so if someone wanted to do a custom t-shirt okay okay so for me example say I want something that says side hustlers do I go to your website do I email you do I 
apply? Like, how does that work? There is a contact form on my website that kind of gives like a, a little rundown about like, if you're interested, like these are the details that'll like get us started about how many things you're looking for, what the design is. I want to be able to give someone a price estimate like pretty quickly. Yeah. But if they just email me or like, I want a t-shirt, then I'm like, <laughs> cool. I have so many questions before I can give you like even an estimate. So yeah, the contact form is the easiest way. I feel like my custom orders really like ebb and flow. And gratefully, the last couple of months, they've been pretty steady. Cool. So it's just like, it's just always different. But I've had like bachelorette parties. I was just going to ask. So my sister's uh, bachelorette party has since been moved, but it'll be in February. <laughs> we There's 16 of us. So... What is that? an order like that for you? 16 of, say, the same shirt, or maybe it's got something different on the name. Like, that's got to take you a long time. I would never turn away some, you know, I've, I just recently did one that was really fun and it was a lot, but it was like 25 hats, I want to say. And it was for like an Earth Day thing. So it was a little like Earth on the front and then the person's logo on the back. So it's stuff like, as long as I'm being realistic with them about my turnaround time. Like, that's the only thing is if they're like, I need it next week. Like, your hands can't do that. (laughs) Yeah, I physically can't do that. I think customers are so fun. I think it's really cool to see what other people come up with and like something outside of just a design that I've made. Yeah. A lot of times I'm really into like stuff that customers bring to me. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, it's just, it's really fun to I know my, switch it up. my gears are going right now. I'm like, what am I going to ever make for me? Oh my God, I have so many things. I'm thinking of all these t-shirts that I want to order and all these things. So this is not, I'm definitely going to be rocking <laughs> some SW designs uh, real soon. What is your end goal for your company? Is it always, I'm going to make this a side hustle forever? Or do you want to grow it so big? And then what do you do when it's something handmade and intricate and it's this huge company? I've thought about this a lot. I'm definitely not in the position right now where like the income is to where I can like make it my full time, but I would love to do that. Or I think someday maybe if it makes sense for me to make that more my full time and then graphic design on the side, that makes I, sense. I don't think I'll ever have like one job that just doesn't, that's not me. No. And you're fine. I mean, a lot, it's crazy. A lot of the people on this podcast are the same, like cut from the same cloth, honestly, where it's that you can't, they'll leave their day job and make it their side hustle. Like you just said, that'll happen. And sometimes they'll go full time in this and then decide like in a year, I have another company I want to launch. It's just, this is who you guys are. Like you're all like, hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah, I guess I'm part of it too. And, and it's a good thing, you know, not everyone is like that, but you know, serial entrepreneurs, they exist. It's a, it's a thing. And I was just curious when you're doing something so intricate, how do you grow your business when it's going to have to be so much of just, you know, one-on-one, do you hire someone else? What happens? I think, and I feel like being in a city like New York makes this a lot more possible. I would love to like get to the point where I could hire someone to do stitching. I could also delegate other parts of the business. Mm. So I don't know which one would be the better option, but obviously like being more full-time would allow me to have more time to stitch, but like physically there's only yeah. you would still run out of like time to take on more projects. So I think, I think eventually finding someone to like help with the stitching, I tried to convince my husband to learn how to embroider so many times and he's just not here for it. Okay. So how then obviously your husband has to be supportive of your business. Maybe he's not going to stitch for you, but I'm sure he's been <laughs> super supportive from when the day you were like, okay, I want to do this. What has that been like? He's been great. I, yeah, he won't. It's probably for the best that he's not <laughs> stitching. I've it's, but he's, helped in so many other ways, um, especially with fleas where I've 
I've drugged him to many a city and made him help me put up a tent and put tables together and sit there and talk to customers all day, (laughs) just from like keeping the house clean because I have an order that needs to go out and I'm putting all my time into that. Yeah, I've been really grateful to him that he kind of just lets me do my thing. And he's never like, he's here to bounce ideas off of, but he's never like, told me to stop That's or ball, of course you know anything like that so I feel like he needs to be handy to give you some hand massages because you must have like the <laughs> sorest hands after stitching all of this yeah yeah it's, it's I'm, be tough. I'm worried that it's overall not gonna be a great thing for my <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> gotta do some massages or something or stretches yeah. I don't even know I can't like I'm lucky I can fix a tiny hole on my shirt let alone like <laughs> I look at what you do and it's just it's art it truly is because it's so unique and and so different and for me it's not something I can do so I look at what you do and I'm just like that's amazing that you can do that and you found a skill and you ran with it and it's incredible what you've done and and finding something you're passionate about and turning it into a business is is not the easiest thing and I admire that in everyone who's been on this podcast and and obviously in you as well but something you've done is you had an Etsy store and then you transform to having your own website. So on your end as a business owner, why and what is that like? Well, I started on Etsy just simply because it's so easy to get up and running. I've always had a Squarespace account just from school because we had to have online portfolios and all that kind of stuff. But like switching to the commerce profile or whatever you want to call it felt like a big commitment. Etsy is kind of like it's per listing. So it's really, yeah, yeah, for sure. And the thing that is nice about Etsy is that it's kind of its own search engine. So like you're more likely to come up than just like having a random website. And then for a while I had both. I had my shirts for sale on my website and on Etsy. And that was just like really tough to keep track of inventory. I already struggle with that anyways, (laughs) especially with fleas. It's just like a lot of areas that all need to cooperate with each Mm other. I've actually considered bringing my Etsy back. I just don't know. For a while, I feel like it felt not as professional. It felt for me more professional to have a website. But then I was like, no, I can see that because it it depends. Like the the general person that shops at Etsy is just like, okay, I'm shopping at Etsy and this is fine. But if you're trying to reach someone who's never shopped at Etsy, they may think, what do you mean you don't have a website? Like, how do you, this is 2020, how do you not have a website? So I completely understand your point of view. I think at the end of the day, it needs to be what makes the most sense for your business and your time and your sanity. Totally. Not that you asked my opinion. uh, No, no, no. It's, it's, I don't think there is a right answer when it comes to like, Etsy or website kind of thing because I've seen some really beautiful Etsy pages where I'm like how did you make this look like it looks so professional and they're like well that doesn't feel less than a what you know I don't know it's just and I think it depends on the product a lot of t-shirts on Etsy are like screen printed Mm -hmm. so when you see like a t-shirt at the price range that mine is it I I could almost see people being like why would I like and just kind of it blends in with all the other things that makes sense yeah, I know it's, it's a hard thing for a lot of business owners who are creatives and handmade stuff. I had um, Lana Ray Handmade, an episode with Roxy. Her company is Lana Ray Handmade. And when we talked, she was literally just going from Etsy to her website and she hand makes purses. So same idea, Ooh. like you can find, and she sews with her hands and, or with the sewing machine. So you guys are uh. like in the same boat, have to connect you guys. She did make the jump to the website this year. So I'm curious now where she's at maybe she's thinking the same thing uh you are so 
I, I get it as a business owner. It's tough, especially when it's a side hustle and Etsy kind of does a lot of the work for you. I yeah. completely understand. I'm always uh, very curious about it. We always ask for some info ahead of time about, you know, your side hustle. And you said that your, all of your grandparents had their own company, their own businesses. So this was kind of like in your blood. So what did your grandparents do? So my mom's parents own a greenhouse, um, which they still do. That's wild. Uh, my mom works there. I grew up working there, like, I don't know, way too young to like high school. <laughs> and then... My dad's side owned a bar and then his stepdad owned a bunch of different businesses like a sand and gravel company and just different like not nearly as relatable to me as like so being they, at a greenhouse. Right. <laughs> Fully understand that. But still, I mean, but, yeah. it, it's in your blood at that point. Yeah. Growing up, being an entrepreneur, like as such a like simple, like it didn't feel like a crazy thing to me. I was like, I've seen people do this my whole life. Yeah, I can do it too. I never saw myself in like, a really traditional job. So it always made the most sense to me. No, it's cool. When you see, obviously, your parents and people or grandparents that you look up to doing something, you don't fully, I guess, grasp what they've done to you. It's just normal. And then when you start doing it yourself, you're like, how do you, how did you do this? Like, I know with my dad, I'm like, how were you a manager? How did you manage people? I'm so bad at this. And, you know, I get advice from him, but in my mind, I was like, oh, that's cool. My dad manages people. And I'm sure for you, like launching your own business, you're like, how did they have a greenhouse? A hundred percent. When I started taking like business classes in college, I would like come to like my uncle or my grandparents with like fake projects that we use. And I was like, how do you deal with like overhead? <laughs> like all this stuff that you've never, like, I've never considered that working right. there. And I was like, this is complicated. It is. They make it look so easy. But obviously, you're doing a great job at it. I am a fan of what you do. I know you and I have been trying to connect for almost a year now because... I, I say this all the time. I picked the worst kind of podcast to do when it comes to scheduling because I'm dealing with people who have at least two jobs most of the time <laughs> and I've got a job. So it's hilarious when I try to schedule this podcast, but I'm glad we made it work. I'm glad Emily connected us and I'm glad you're a part too. of the Side Hustlers family. Thank you for doing what you do. And then thank you for you know putting something out there that will make people smile, especially right now. Your products are amazing and I'm excited to see what you do. And I hope you don't get arthritis anytime soon. Oh, thank you. Me too. So people can go to your website. It's SWDSGNS.com, which by the way, the SW is your name, Samantha Wiggins. Yes. So and designs is just without any vowels. Okay. Every time I say that, I go, Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you have to double check and then your yeah. Instagram is also SWDSGNS and again yep. I will put all of that in the description below so anyone can check it out Samantha thank you so much for being here I appreciate it thank you thank you so much for listening to Side Hustlers and to Samantha's story don't forget it's SWDSGNS.com SWDSGNS on Instagram you can also just hit the links below to follow Samantha and to support and to get some t-shirts I know I'm going to be getting some so thank you for supporting anyone who has been on this podcast I appreciate it so much every small business owner appreciates it every side hustler appreciates it and again if you can't shop them totally understand following and sharing things that they post is such a huge help i know it sounds crazy but it is and if you can rate and review this podcast i would appreciate that very very much you can follow me on instagram at the carla marie and this podcast has been produced by my good friend houston and until next week keep hustling
It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Rachel Zoe here, and we're going back to the Rachel Zoe Project for a very special takeover on my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Come with me as I take you back to season one to give you all the behind the scenes details and drama. I'll be joined by some special guests that'll be helping me share the real stories behind the most iconic moments in the show. So do not miss this special takeover of Climbing in Heels. It's going to be bananas. Listen to Climbing in Heels with Rachel Zoe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.